0: everybody, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we will be discussing the events that unfolded in The Crown, Season 2, Episode 4, entitled Barrel. As always, I'm joined today by my two wonderful co hosts. First, don't challenge this man to a duel. It's Ivan Vukovic. Uh, Ivan, what is the optimal duel strategy?
1: Uh, to say no, like uh, but what are like no, we're we're not in that era anymore. Forget about it.
0: That's a good strategy. That, that's why you're still with us today. Um, second. A woman who loves blasting Ella Fitzgerald in fits of rage and frustration—it's Carlin Greenwalds. Carlin, uh, have you ever had an outburst like the one we saw from Margaret in this episode?
2: I—I I don't think I have. I'm like one of those people when, like, you get emotional, you just start crying. Like, there's there's no throwing things. I was.
1: No, you're you're describing her after every recording of this show.
2: <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. There was never a. Never got to throw things that was like other people in my family got to throw things and then like you're not allowed to be that person that we already have one in the family there's no two
0: (laughs) Fair enough Um, All right as always off the top we like to mention that um, if you came here because you're curious about you know whether the events that transpired in this episode actually happened and you're looking for some clarity on that um, At this point shame on you because you should know that we don't know Um, We are purely basing everything that we are assuming off of what we saw on the screen. Um, We don't know anything else besides that. So, yeah, we're just going to assume that everything that happened on the TV is factually accurate because um, for all that we know, it was. Uh, So to get things kicked off, I believe, Ivan, you're going to give us a quick recap
1: of Beryl. Yeah, I would love to. So remember last week when I said that I am just so sick and tired of Margaret only having one line per episode. I want more Margaret. Well, I feel like every time my frustration reaches an apex, the show suddenly jumps in to make amends and they, Oh, I would say over delivered this week with this episode. This, this was a phenomenal episode. This was very Margaret centric and, And I would say the show at its best, but uh, enough editorializing. I'll jump into the uh, summary. So uh, this episode uh, kicks off with Margaret kind of at a bit of a low point. Uh, You know, obviously things didn't work out with uh, Peter Townsend last season. And now she's getting to a point where she's not really sure what she's going to do about this whole marriage thing. She's attending weddings and being very... um, uh i don't know if the word is jealous but definitely a little depressed at just kind of watching other people be happy and then suddenly a friend of hers billy wallace uh, a fellow member of high society and nobility jumps in to say like hey why don't we just tie the knot we're friends we kind of have the same worldview it'll be great and she uh she agrees in a very kind of resigned way where she's not very excited um you know She's happy that her family kind of approves of him, and you know she feels like she could probably do a lot worse, but she she's not thrilled. He's no Peter Townsend, um, and we learn very quickly like he he's not even half a Peter Townsend. This guy is very you know pompous, very. Um, Uh, you know, just kind of arrogant. And he lets the whole uh, development of him marrying into the royal family quickly go to his head. And he makes a fool out of himself, has a bit of a a sloppy, drunken, embarrassing night. And she decides to call off this engagement and just kind of retreat back into her uh, solemnness. Uh, meanwhile, um, she, uh, has, uh, at the, one of the weddings that she went to at the beginning of this episode, briefly, uh, kind of crossed paths with a very handsome and debonair photographer who we don't really know much about what we see him at the beginning of the episode. and, 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 and clearly we're introduced to him in a way where, you know, it's telling the audience like, Hey, pay attention. This guy's important. Um, Anyhow, uh, that ends up uh, coming back into play when Margaret uh, asks her lady-in-waiting to let her crash one of her, quote unquote, normal people parties, uh, which like we quickly learned, like the, the, it's still kind of high society, but not to like the level that Margaret has been accustomed to most of her life. It is at this party that she reunites with this photographer who whose name we learn is Tony Armstrong Jones. And uh, they get to talking and she's really into his uh, style of photography. And meanwhile, she's been in the process of getting this new uh, annual birthday portrait taken and kind of really kind of getting bored at the fact that it's the same exact portrait every single year. So she gets the idea that like, hey, I'm going to have this uh, cool and kind of suave and an artsy guy take my photo. Uh, she makes her way down to his studio. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk more about what transpired in that studio in this episode. But uh when all is said and done, she gets a very, very interesting and provocative photo taken of her that makes waves in the newspapers and across the family. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about, uh, you know, what that photo is and, and how it comes to be. Uh, but it's a very triumphant moment of uh, for Margaret where she suddenly kind of shows a side of herself that most of the world doesn't really get to see, um, especially uh, not, not just a... Uh, uh, you know, of her, but of anybody in the Royal family. Uh, so that's the A plot. And meanwhile, we have this very, very bizarre B plot with the new prime minister. Um, mr mcmillan uh and not a lot of screen time is dedicated to it like to the point where it's like why did they even bother you know slipping this into the episode but we learned that the new prime minister that we uh, uh kind of got to know a little bit last week it has uh an interesting uh, i don't know if it's arrangement but his wife has been having an affair with another man for many many years an affair that he seems to approve of but or or has approved of up until this point. But now that he is prime minister, it needs to end. And he is led to believe that she has had her final encounter with this man. But then later he overhears her on the phone speaking uh, to him longingly and also uh, in a manner that suggests that she has a lot of contempt for her husband so i'm not sure if this is setting up a bigger storyline in the weeks to come uh but it was really kind of the only other thing going on in this episode that wasn't strictly uh margaret related so yeah that was a season two episode four barrel thanks evan and,
0: and i agree i thought this episode was a lot of fun carlin what did you think
2: oh i loved it i this was like one of my favorites yeah it was yeah. so good yeah so good
1: so good yeah this, this was like a this is like the type of episode that like takes your breath away like when the credits roll like my wife and i we, we just like let out like a just a sigh like oh <laughs> that was <laughs> like oh yeah this was this was the show at its best especially after three episodes of like very like philip and elizabeth centric like you know kind of family focal point uh focus like it, it, we all love margaret and we always want more of her so when the show shifts to her as acutely as it does in an episode like this like it 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 almost feels like fan service in a way like but but of the best type
2: yeah i mean it was also interesting just getting so far away from like the way that obviously the elizabeth storylines are like set up this narrative but also the filming was different like there was a lot more Mm -hmm. cinematography that i felt like i noticed and made it so you felt very much like oh wow they're taking us like outside of the palace walls like outside of the place we've been for like the past season and i guess not a half like a third so it was just really refreshing and just like you're like wow like the more you see how the show can stretch itself it was fantastic yeah it was
1: it was a very sexy episode
2: oh yeah and, so and
1: and like the the thing is as a contrast to the previous three episodes where you know like last week i was really captivated i was very hooked like everything going on with philip and, and elizabeth was very interesting But then once you kind of step away from them and you focus on, uh, you know, a story like this that feels more intimate and more uh, human and, again, more sexy in in many ways, and then it, you know, shows shots of them kind of going about their royal lives. And they kind of did this deliberately toward the end of the episode, a contrast between what Margaret was experiencing and kind of the -the run-of-the-mill royal business that Elizabeth and Philip were entrenched in. Like, you really kind of start... it, It just hits you hard that, like, oh, that shit that Elizabeth and Philip were doing, that's boring. Like, this this is the good stuff. We, we, the Margaret stuff is the good stuff. I thought a lot of the editing choices
0: in this episode were really fun. Like, the, the scene with Billy and the duel, where he's describing it as, like, one thing, and then they cut to him yes. just, like, being dragged there. Hilarious. Oh, oh that, that was, was great.
2: great. I was going to say, even the Elizabeth and Philip scenes, like, they were a lot... Like, the general vibe of this episode was very much, like, more... In the end, it went more skewing positive. And I thought it was kind of interesting They even like made Elizabeth and Philip seem like a little bit more, like they showed a little bit more interesting, like vulnerable positive emotion, which it was like, oh, nice.
1: <laughs> well, I think both Philip and Elizabeth, like they they tend to come off as like, more likable and more human when it it doesn't involve them. Like obviously there are instances where they're passing judgment on other people and they're, uh, you know, making decisions that affect people in adverse ways, but when they aren't necessarily as like hands-on with other people's affairs and they're just kind of there in the background, like, yeah, they're, they're both also more likable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say that where the previous episode ended compared to where we go with Elizabeth and Philip in this episode, I'm not sure I a hundred percent buy it. They're like, you know what'll fix everything? A party.
2: <laughs> that sounds that sounds right. I don't know. Isn't that what they do in marriages? You like go through a giant rut, then you're like, you know what? We're happy now. We're gonna we're but, okay.
1: But but isn't uh like isn't wasn't the whole point of the uh the ending of the last episode that like Philip has his fancy prince title and now everything is okay? Like, that that just instantly solved all their marital woes?
2: (laughs) I guess so. It kind of seemed like it worked. I don't know.
1: (laughs) If we buy that, it will. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was definitely, like, half paying Like, you know, you're, like, more or less paying attention to the storyline. And I was like, all right, are Philip and Elizabeth, like, actually good? Like, what is the show trying to imply? And then I don't know.
1: For what it's worth, like... Seeing Philip's behavior in this episode, I'm convinced that he's happy now. Like, I'm convinced that, like, he got his title and he's no longer feeling, you know, the frustration and insecurity that he felt before. I mean, yeah, he he seemed a lot lighter in this episode than he had in, in episodes prior.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. I okay, look fine. And we're gonna admit that I definitely cried during that little speech when, like, it was like contrasting <laughs> to like how like miserable Margaret was. I was like, oh my god, Philip's being so charming and sweet in this little speech. <laughs> Amazing. Well, like that's what I mean.
1: Like he he seemed happy. He seemed like you know the yeah. the weight had been lifted off of his shoulders. I don't know. Yeah. you guys you guys are much more easily convinced than me i'm
0: not convinced that in two episodes philip will be angry about something else again
2: well the th- oh, oh, uh, he, come- he
0: will
1: he will <laughs> like I, I, he absolutely he'll find something to be angry about but uh for the time being he he's he's good it, it's like that uh that don draper quote like what is happiness it's the moment before you need more happiness like he's in that moment.
2: Right. Well, we'll see what happens to Philip next. But uh, for now, nice job having your moment of happiness at your <laughs> 10th anniversary dinner while you're making Margaret feel terrible. I mean, she, it,
0: her feeling terrible is warranted. I mean, yeah. although I'm not sure. Have we met Billy before or is this the first time we've met Billy?
1: I think it's the first time and, and, and that, that was that's like my one criticism of the episode like if they had just given us a little bit of Billy like here and there earlier on in the show like it wouldn't have felt as out of nowhere but I, I think like we like they trust us as the audience to know like okay yeah you know Margaret has a lot of you know friends who are you know of nobility and, and here's just kind of like a, a generic male friend of hers who, who's high society.
2: Yeah, I think the fact that he we we remember him at all, considering like where the episode goes, just so much credit to that dual scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Billy had a couple, you know, moments worth noting. There was the moment where you know he's her old faithful, he says, and then he goes in for a kiss, and she's like, "No!" And I was shocked. Oh, oh, <laughs> that was so that funny. <laughs> and I was, was shocked so that the awkward. next scene
1: they're engaged. That was shocking I to me. Know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, that that, oh, that was so uncomfortable to watch. My God.
2: <laughs> oh, no, that was that was rough. Like he kept trying to like you just see him going more and more <laughs> forward.
1: It was oh. very drawn out. Oh, I mean, like kudos to them. Like they I mean, the crown is not necessarily a, a show that is meant to be like cringe comedy. But I mean, that that scene could, could have been, you know, out of an episode of the UK office. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, portraiture is like a big theme of the episode, I think. And so the first kind of portraiture we're introduced to is Cecil, and we meet um in this scene Margaret's new lady in waiting, who I think is my new favorite character.
2: She's pretty cool. She
1: is She's pretty, pretty cool. cool.
2: What is a lady in waiting? I think like it's kind of like a personal servant, but they just give him a nicer title now because it's twentieth century. Okay, because <laughs> right? because like think so. wait,
1: wait, like. In waiting, doesn't that imply that she's going to ascend into some kind of higher position? I think it's more like
0: waiting as in like the waitress end of like, you yeah. know, waiting <laughs> on oh. like doing things, Wait, waiting on orders. <laughs> yeah, oh, I really? Think, okay.
2: I, I imagine, I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure like that position, like back in the days, it would be like the person who empties your chamber pot. But like, you know, they got better jobs now. <laughs> just slightly like that vibe
1: yeah okay so that's interesting because it it seemed like it seemed like anybody that we've met up until this point like 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 peter townsend for instance like you know he was sort of the right hand man to birdie but he always seemed to you know have his foot in the like one foot in the door of the real world at the same time you know he had his own family he had his own life outside the royals but then you have you know the tommy Lassells and martins of the world who seemed like their entire lives are like completely entrenched in royal affairs. Now, like the lady in waiting on the other hand, she seems more like a Peter Townsend type where she's off, you know, she's working part time. Like, you know, she clocks off at five o'clock and then goes and lives her normal life and then comes back into work the next morning.
2: Yeah. I don't know if it's like how much each job is like invested in, is it called like the institution or like the larger mechanisms of the crown where they actually have some sort of power and maybe like they have to be there more. But like, if you're just, if you're just making sure your royal is, like, properly dressed. <laughs> That's yeah. true.
0: And her royal is also Margaret. Like, I feel yeah. like Tommy and, and Michael Adeen now have, like, a different sort of responsibility. And I also think there might be a generational thing, too, because she
1: does seem younger. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But we also have not seen her before, right? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Or,
2: like, any other lady-in-waiting. I don't think they've really highlighted those that particular position right. yet.
1: But so she invites Margaret to this dinner party at her house, and there's a lot of like really cool artsy people there, like some people in uh, like journalism, some people in, in kind of like, the I guess, like the written arts. So my question is then, like, to get this lady in waiting title, like, you know, what kind of qualifications do you need to have? Because it's like she seems to be kind of like a socialite unto herself. So. Like, how do you go from like, oh, I'm the type of person that's friends with, you know, documentarians and photographers and all these really awesome people to like, oh, I'm going to, you know, have like this personal assistant job.
2: I don't know if like working for the palace in like those low level jobs, like where you don't have to be like a Duke. I don't know. Is it like working for like celebrities here where like I guess you could just get the job?
1: Like Maybe she's like a consultant, like maybe she runs her own like, you know publicity agency and you know she she got hired to essentially make margaret look good she's like the kim kardashian to a paris hilton
2: oh my god i was thinking more like it's a resume builder like you get like this pub- job to network
1: i'm thinking more like publicity from the kroll show if you oh remember that
2: <laughs> the fact that we can't google is to find
1: out. yeah
0: uh, to that point, I feel like she did feel a little bit out of place at the party. Like, I have no idea how she got invited to that party in the first place, given that they're all, like, high society, like, heirs
1: to well, giant Well, she portions. invited herself. She she called up the lady-in-waiting, was like, I, I, I need to get out and, and have some fun tonight. What do you got for me?
2: I, I'm going to assume it's her friends from college. <laughs> 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 but it was a cool party. That That, like, seemed like the fun place to be, like, if you're stuck in the 60s for some reason. that's the fun that's what's happening
1: i kind of expected it to be like less like regal and fancy than it ended up being because like you know there was still like you know a wait staff at that party there were still servants like it all still seemed very like carefully curated and and like she had somebody working for her putting on the party so again like i'm just so befuddled by like where she is and like the the social and and kind of class ladder
2: yeah i don't know
1: Great character though. Hope we get more of her.
2: Yeah, yeah. she's cool. She's
1: cool. But my it,
2: like that, uh, you yeah, know. <laughs> oh no, I
0: loved her just because of that scene. The first scene with Cecil, where they're like, "Well, what do you think?" And she's like, "I think that portraiture should evolve. You should probably stop taking fairy tale portraits." And Cecil, oh my God, what a wild character! Oh Cecil,
1: I, I think Cecil was supposed to just be like a caricature of the type of people that normally work for the royal family.
2: Oh yeah, clearly Queen Mother's like BFF.
1: Oh my God, if but, she ever
2: had one.
0: But his story about like the impact that Margaret's photo would have on the average housewife
2: was just <laughs> <Sounds> crazy. <great. laughs> oh my God, he's got the routine nailed.
0: They will look at the photo and then go outside and feel renewed, <laughs> have a new lease on life, all because of your photo.
1: Okay, so I think we need to get the conversation about Macmillan out of the way so we can okay. get to some of the other good stuff. Okay, yeah. so what the hell? Like, what what was the point of those two? Like, was it two two and a half scenes? It was it was hardly any screen time. It it, it felt like it was just setting up something for maybe the next episode. But like, oh what God. what was
2: that? I thought it was just setting up for that line at the end when Tony's like yeah um McMillan's <laughs> daughter was here but uh might so not be her daughter so,
1: like are, are you convinced that that's it like that the whole point of those two scenes with McMillan and his wife going through the affair was just to the payoff was that you know we got to see tony the photographer basically have an example of the way he's able to intrude into people's lives and like capture some very like intimate kind of reflections of different folks
2: look i hope so because honestly that storyline was kind of boring i don't think i think it's going
0: to play out more i feel like there's a scandal brewing because this feels like something people don't know about and there was the line Mm -hmm. where dorothy was like don't worry i'll end it now that you're prime minister or something so it feels like something that society's not going to approve of i'm not sure that mcmillan is long for
1: this world of
2: oh my god i can't imagine (laughs) this is just what ends his uh, very brief prime ministership or whatever it's called well
1: well, that I think that's what we agreed on last week. That like th- this did not seem like a prime minister that would be in it for the long run. But like, it's just like we went from Winston to Anthony Eden to this guy. It's like it, it, they just keep getting more pathetic.
2: Yeah, I don't know any um, English people who have ever like. I don't know who their like ideal prime minister is besides Winston. Yeah. At the end of the day,
0: though, I did feel kind of bad. His wife was so savage.
2: Oh, I know. Oh <laughs> man, it was it was rough. It was rough.
1: And yeah, I mean she seems like she okay, so like here's what I don't get. Like she clearly does not (laughs) like her husband in like a romantic way, in a sexual way. But even just in terms of just like general respect for him, she seems to just be utterly lacking any. And I just don't get like, first of all, like, you know, why didn't she leave him up until this point? Like he wasn't prime minister before. So, so was she, like, holding on in the hopes that he would become more important? And if so, it's like, uh, uh, he's prime minister now. So, like, shouldn't you have, like, at least a little bit of respect or reference for him? And if you don't, why are you still there? He's too well, weak.
2: She is old. I mean, I think it was probably, like, um, my, main, my main guess is that it's probably just, like, a societal thing. Like, they're probably just getting used to the idea of, like, divorce. So, maybe it was just like she had to marry him because, like, she's probably even upper social class. So, like, you know, where your mom and dad are like, hey, marry this fop. Like, this is your duty in life. And she was like, oh, I guess. Then it turned out he sucked. So she's kind of stuck around for the line. You're right. But who knows? Maybe she'll take a card from Eileen um, and. <laughs> <laughs> and viciously end this marriage.
0: Yeah, that's true. I feel like we don't know enough about the lover to make the f- to have the full picture. Right,
1: because <laughs> it's like may- maybe he doesn't want her as anything more than a mistress. Like who who knows? Yeah. So yeah, maybe we will get more of the storyline. But like, I figure it's like, you know, worst case scenario, you are now married to the prime minister, and you know that will that will open doors for you at least.
2: I guess does it open doors for like th- like it's interesting how like back in the day when like women still weren't really considered for like major political roles. Like what? I wonder if there was any benefit besides like just you probably, I guess, get more money because your husband has a higher job. Like if there's any benefit to being like a wife of a politician before it was like a thing for women to be politicians. I don't know. Lunch or club. be interesting or, to know. Yeah. Or, or. <laughs> Oh, true. I guess you get a nice lunch yeah. club. <laughs> Where is the ladies club? We've only seen the gentlemen's club. What do they do there? God, I don't know
0: I don't know. Probably run an illicit poker ring. Um, I hope
2: so. <laughs>
1: oh I'd be down for that.
0: Yeah. The I mean the other scene that we get of McMillan is um a random scene of Sputnik. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
2: oh my god they have to remind us the red scare is happening Mm -hmm. oh
1: that 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 quip that elizabeth threw out at the very end that went completely over mcmillan's head and and (laughs) and and, and philip just kind of turns around and gives her a knowing amused look that was i mean that was a great moment for like philip and elizabeth because here they are like Happy enough to at least be like making snide remarks about other people in the room and giving each other knowing glances. Like that, no. that was a little heartwarming.
2: No, it's fun. They had some fun little like snarky moments in this episode too. Like when um, Margaret was on the phone with them and they're like both sitting also in the same bed. And I was like, oh, wow, you guys still do that? Where they're like reading and then she like mouths like Billy's name and you just see Philip going like, oh, Christ.
1: Oh, they're so good <laughs> together, guys okay so let's let's talk about the main attraction tony armstrong jones
2: oh yeah okay so straight up i've been like a matthew good fan for like way longer than like i should have been like it was like when i was 12 i like watched watchmen when like i shouldn't have been watching it and i was like ozymandias is so cute and then like we all know what happens to ozymandias and i was like i'm never gonna see matthew good again And then, like, years passed, and honestly, I don't remember the next time I saw him. But then when I saw he was in this show, it was just like, oh, thank God. (laughs) This is the greatest move The Crown has ever done. Well, I can't remember. Okay, because this would have
1: been after he was on Downton Abbey, which, as we all know, I was a big fan of. But he he kind of (laughs) occupies a very similar role. Like, he's like this kind of, like handsome debonair outsider who doesn't really kind of fit into the social structure of the uh, you know woman that he is kind of courting In in the Downton Abbey's case it was you know Mary and then in this case it's Margaret but the interactions kind of feel eerily similar between the two characters and we of course saw a little bit of him in the Downton Abbey movie which we talked mm-hmm. about but don't don't you get like kind of a similar vibe
2: yeah yeah for sure like he he realized his niche which was being handsome and charming and like good for him
0: yeah i will say that tony feels a little bit more contemptuous and like there's more layers behind him
1: you know oh yeah well well that's because downton abbey didn't have that many layers (laughs) (laughs) i don't know the movie pretty wild stuff happening Uh, the, the, the whole three minutes that he was in it.
2: Yeah, I was like, it wasn't, was it even like, did he get to say one word?
1: Like, he, yeah. he was definitely in there because, like, not having him in there would have been difficult to explain. Because he had obviously a much bigger role in the show. But then I think, mm-hmm. you know, he probably did all of, you know, a day and a half of shooting on the
2: movie. But, yeah, no, I mean, his character, like, Tony's character, it's just adding so much interesting dimension to the crown. Because I feel like we've never really had someone who, like had opinions and was like freely expressing them i don't know he
1: also had like the coolest intro scene of any crown character thus far like just the 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 cut the cuts between the wedding and him approaching it on motorcycle just suddenly you know kind of like parking quickly and then you know jumping off grabbing his camera rushing in taking all of these candid photos like I, I, again, like, going back to what we were saying, like, everything about this episode kind of looked different. It was edited differently. It just had this this energy to it that you, like, it, it felt like a completely different show than the past three episodes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just so fun. And I want to, I can't wait to see, like, Assuming Tony stays in the picture, which like they seem to imply that he was going to be like how that's going to be like melded in with like the regular crown stuff. They're going to like keep up the the flair to sort of introduce like a new era of like cast within the royal family. I don't know. It's just great stuff. It's great stuff. I I love the first time when you have Tony like talking for the first time. And it's just like them like gently like gossiping about not even gently, like very snidely gossiping about people. And like it had such like bi energy to it like I when they said the word queer it was like wait that exists like Elizabeth knows what that is like it was so interesting yeah he
1: was giving off that vibe big time like uh, yeah he again I'm sure there's so much more to him that we don't know and that Margaret doesn't know yet but he, he looks like he, he's a man who has traveled many roads.
0: Yeah. If I had a shot every time for every time Margaret said that.
2: <laughs> it, right. She's, and like, yeah. honestly, look, going into it, I'm like, this guy has buy energy. Like it was very it's so interesting because it was so clear that he was into Margaret, like while <laughs> while making all the comments about like different men, like that's a strategy. And like I just love the fact that like the woman in this era like couldn't see that. It like had to be super overt where he was like moving her hand for her to get it. It's like, ma'am, he paid so much attention to you at like a party. <laughs> that's that's what men attracted to you do.
0: Yeah, so should we cut to the studio? Because there are some wild things happening in the studio. Tony's directorial style is pretty wild he'll just go upstairs and start banging on the floor (laughs) which is a strategy i have not seen before i'll be honest
2: he makes you wait it out
1: (laughs) i mean that entire scene i mean okay between margaret arriving in his studio and then her you know walking out and him turning the lights back on do you think that might have been like the longest sustained scene in crown history like where it just didn't cut away to any other setting or any other character because that felt like it could have been as short as 10 minutes and as long as 20 I'm not sure but we were <laughs> yeah. like we were we were in there for a while
2: are you sure it didn't cut at all I mean maybe we just didn't remember anything that happened in between but no it did maybe. feel like a very sustained like they want you to like really feel the emotions kind of almost in real time of like what's yeah. going on
1: we were, we were like it felt very engrossing like i like i felt like i was in that room
2: yeah absolutely
1: yeah no it, i don't think it cut away
0: at all because i think the next time it cuts away is like she gets there and then they're there until they leave on the motorcycle
1: right oh yeah, yeah. oh it was all so good
2: it, yeah, it was so good <laughs> and like the aesthetic of his place too like it's so interesting when they try to like you know when they recreate sort of like chaotic artist living spaces and like that place was so beautiful (laughs) in like such a different way than everything else in the show is beautiful
1: so okay so just to kind of do a play-by-play so she arrives um and he has her sit down but then kind of how do we want to characterize sort of starts playing games with her because he retreats up to his kind of like you know upstairs loft apartment starts making a bunch of banging noises. And I assume that was all done to just kind of, sort of, what, like kind of put her out of her element? I think so, yeah,
0: because it didn't seem like he was doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. He was just up there kind of like meandering around.
1: Yeah, I think he probably saw, you know, the way she came in, she sat down, she seemed very much like herself, very poised, very princess-like, and I think he just wanted to tear down those walls. And so he did, so in this very bizarre but very effective way
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah part of any good like photographer is making your subject feel I guess comfortable but like yeah like you said I've been breaking down those walls and that's kind of Tony's self-proclaimed specialty he loves taking candid photos rather than like staged photos and I thought the the best line probably in the episode was when he said he would like to ask her to be herself but she has no idea who she is
2: it feels it almost feels like I mean I don't know what this guy can do to her but it almost feels like a weird privilege that, like Margaret's one of the only members of like the royal family we've seen thus far who like gets this kind of like realness with another person of like actually having to think about that like it's just I'm so curious to see how Margaret is affected going forward like having that kind of even the smallest amount of pushback on like your life is totally like for the most part so not fake but like manufactured But at the same
1: time, like, I also think the privilege was his as well. Like, because he, you know, he says he likes to kind of, you know, lurk and intrude and kind of really sort of penetrate into people's lives and capture these very raw sides of them. I don't think, like, any photographer has had the ability to ever do that with a royal subject before. So, like, whether he admits it or not, this was probably also very... Exciting event for him.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: Did you see any parallels between this scene and Winston's portraiture scene? Oh. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't remember.
2: Less sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Winston's wasn't that. I mean, like, it was in a very um, covert way, but this one was very, like, overtly. Yeah. I don't know. She, if, Tony didn't ask for any tragic backstory, though, which is kind of interesting. Like, he didn't really have her talking that much.
0: Yeah, he got I was he got down to like her like what was really bothering her really quickly, I think. It didn't take that yeah. much. He was like, Why do you care about your family? Um, they're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing they did to Peter, that
1: sucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. You miss really him sometimes. Tough. Click, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Also, I love the fact that it doesn't seem like he's putting that much photography skill. Like, I'm sure it takes a lot of skill to actually do what he's doing. But like when he's just sitting there, like clicking, and he's like, "I don't use any fancy light." I'm like, "Wow, I could do that. It wouldn't be good." (laughs) He he must have been a
1: sports photographer at one point because the most relatable man. I know he only
0: had one key light. He didn't have any fill light. He didn't have any backlight. Just the one. (laughs) Just the one. See, like
2: I could do that. I could turn on one light and uh, click a camera. Right.
1: And, and, and he prided himself for that. He's like, oh, I just have a little, you know, simple Leica and I use natural lighting. And then that's how I create my genius art.
2: He's such a he's so pretentious, but I love it. Like, I love <laughs> how they don't really hide how pretentious he is, but you're like, and, and, I'm still charmed.
1: And she calls him out on it, too. Like, she yeah. she's not oblivious to that and, and not like completely impervious to it.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Matthew Good is delivering like right away, like a really like layered, interesting performance.
1: So so yeah, he takes her photo and then uh, they they move into the red room Um, or what is it called the dark room? I I, I don't dark know. The
2: red room. Do you mean like the it's that black window
1: there's, there's a red light, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the dark
2: room isn't that the what dark? It's room.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. Like the last time I was in a dark room was like freshman year of high school, back when the photography class was all like you know physical, like you know film and rather digital, which I'm sure it is now, but. Oh, yeah, that was uh oh, I mean, like to take like an intense scene and suddenly elevate it to the next level that that's what they did by going into the dark room,
2: yeah, no, I, like I said, the cinematography was gorgeous, like I'm so into like the way they had like the like Margaret smoking and like how that would like light up certain little moments and like, oh, it was so cool, like fantastic choices.
0: I will say, smoking in the dark room not a great idea
2: <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> I, you know. <laughs>
0: Wait, Ivan, you skipped the mirror. The
1: mirror.
2: Yeah. The barrel.
0: His wall of um <laughs> oh, or his mirror yeah. of like subjects that have signed the that's, mirror. That's right. The namesake of
1: the episode.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: if there was one moment that didn't do it for me as much, honestly it was that one.
2: <laughs> I, I thought it was I think it's interesting that she didn't have a nickname because it like there was that moment where like Philip uses Elizabeth's nickname and I feel like they had cut to Margaret, and it's kind of this Okay, to me, we're gonna go um, psychology here. It feels like there's that, it's just a very clear sign that, like, she hasn't had that particular form of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost kind of sweet to have him give her a really ugly nickname. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, she got it. She got her nickname.
1: Mags would have done the trick, too.
2: I wonder if someone actually, they probably, I don't know, like, Elizabeth has never called her by a nickname. (laughs) Elizabeth, what are you doing?
1: Um,.
0: Margaret notes um his tidy hips which what is, is such we, we speedy them pants too. That fit him
2: like- <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know. Okay, Margaret. I I assume she has never actually met a gay person that like was- <laughs> There's probably one in the family but like they don't talk about it. I don't know. I found that all very amusing. So anyway, uh, yeah,
1: the photo is developed. They they hang it up, and then she suddenly decides to just completely cut the tension and be like, "I'm out of here." And 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 I think that took him by surprise a little bit. I think he was ready to keep the party going, and I think he even said, "Oh, won't you stay a little longer?" And she was like, "Nope. Here's the address where you're going to send the photo to. I'll see you around, kid." And I thought I think that was like a good way for her to take kind of command of the situation.
2: Oh yeah, go Margaret.
0: Yeah,
1: she's so, like, you've yeah, done
2: no, this
0: routine great. before. <laughs>
1: right. You do this with she, all she your girls. She didn't want to become a statistic. Good for
2: her. You know, she she really took command of this episode, which I think is great because it was like so much like outside. Like she had so little agency from like her situation at the beginning. And now she's like, no, <laughs> we're going to do it my way this time.
1: And then uh, we jump ahead to uh, sort of montage scene of, various members of the royal family as well as kind of fringe members of the royal family and and current and past employees reacting to the newspaper uh where uh you know this photo is being published and and we get glimpses of uh uh you know david and wallace simpson we get tommy lassells like people who like You know, they 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 paid these actors to appear in these episodes, this episode for three seconds. But like it obviously was very effective to include them because we just saw this wide array of different people related to Margaret that were reacting to this uh, photo in different ways. And yeah, I mean, like you said, there was just this positivity to it, like it it was the most joyous the show has felt in a very long time, if not ever.
2: Yeah, also, but where was Winston? Um, They're going to get all these actors to come back. <laughs> where was his reaction? Good point. But yeah, no, it was it was really, it was so interesting. And like, you could see the way that like Wallace and David were kind of like, oh, yeah, like, let's see, let's watch her make waves. Like, this is what you get, Elizabeth.
1: Well, yeah, and I think they were, they, they seemed like they were proud of her. They seemed, yeah. they were like, like, oh, awesome. Hell yeah. Ooh la la, you go, girl.
2: Yeah, that was fun. I was surprised. Elizabeth kind of had a funny reaction where it was like somewhere between like, oh, God and like, ugh Margaret.
1: <laughs> and then F- Philip also seemed like a little amused by the whole thing, too. Yeah. No,
2: He did seem like very just like having a fun, like having a fun time this episode.
1: <laughs> again, this is, this is Philip at his happiest. Like he's going to be miserable yeah. again in an episode or two. So just let him have this.
2: Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Oh my god. And it was the queen mother's worst time.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz okay, the the negative reactions were from uh obviously Tommy Lassel's, the queen mother, um uh what's his name, the the current uh personal uh, assistant Michael Adeen. Ma- Michael Adeen, yep. yeah. Anybody else uh, uh not into it, I can't remember. We saw
0: McMillan, his his reaction I couldn't really tell.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tommy's <laughs> was so funny though, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was just yeah
1: and, and at, at some level i'm just like tommy why do you care you're retired just move on like you don't will need will to tommy take...
2: ever move on i'm really
1: i don't <laughs> it's not his place he needs to just no. let it go like he he, he yeah. doesn't hold the position anymore he doesn't need to you know do any uh you know crisis communications around this just go enjoy retirement like you miserable old man
2: I think it's so interesting that there's theoretically someone who has to be worried about this kind of thing. Like, it's not even. I mean, I guess in the '60s, fine. I guess this would be considered like a nude. But are, are we
1: are we in the '60s now? Is this like officially now
0: early '60s? We I thought 50s? Sputnik was the '50s.
2: Guys, I don't know what era it is. I thought this I thought had a Sputnik very was '60s, like 57. Vibe. Maybe, Well, fine. It's still the it's '50s. It's gotta be. It's
1: gotta be late. 50s. Fifties, yeah. early. Wait, but when did when did uh Philip and uh and Elizabeth get married? Wasn't it kind of late forties?
2: I have no idea. Okay, fine. It's the late fifties. Ten year anniversary. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's late fifties. Okay, so fine. I guess this would still be scandalous, but y'all gotta chill at some point. <laughs> let her have her vote. <laughs> Do we I I ever chill? I thought you were talking no. to me and Sam about no, like no, our dating. No, no, no. You guys are fine. No, um. <laughs> Yeah, how dare you guys be so against Elizabeth? Well, of, of Margaret's choices, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just so interesting to think about. Like now, if um a royal family member, I guess it would still kind of be a scandal, or like you would be like, oh my gosh, but like it wouldn't. I don't know.
0: Here's my here's my question though. I feel like whenever something like this has happened with the press in the past, like the palace has gotten like a heads up in advance, and they can be like, don't do that, newspaper. And I'm just confused how this one slipped through the cracks.
2: This one came with a note that said, don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Just publish it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wonder,
1: because, like, why? Yeah. Why did? So I I assume the address that uh, that Margaret gave um, uh, uh, Tony, was that to be sent to Buckingham Palace, to her personal assistant, to the newspaper directly?
2: I thought it was the newspaper directly, personally. I don't know.
0: Either newspaper or the new lady-in-waiting. that's (laughs)
1: that's <laughs> I, I think it makes more sense for it to be the new lady in waiting because then margaret can sort of discreetly relay that photo to the newspaper because there's no way in hell margaret had the newspaper address memorized right <laughs> i
2: don't think she has any address memorized so that's fair like,
1: and, yeah exactly so it had to be the lady in waitings and the only reason she knew that address is because she recently attended a party there
2: okay so yeah that, that makes sense
1: Oh, yeah. so good. Uh, one one quick comment, uh, and this is a bit of a silly one. So uh, I forget if it was – it must have been Tony who had uh, made the comment or, or uh, you know, kind of teasingly asked Margaret if she'd ever been on a bus before, and, and she said no, right? <laughs> yeah. so, oh, my God. So, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> so now we know that a royal night out is not canon. <laughs> no,
0: I think a royal night out is canon, and she lied about it because she's embarrassed. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Cause Amazing. we saw that we saw that bus scene. Impacted
1: the whole night. Yeah, very, very memorable bus scene. The movie couldn't have really happened without it.
2: Oh the bus scene. The duel scene, I just I wanna know where they actually stopped. When is the last duel actually happened where someone brought a pistol and like made you do the ten paces thing? Because like I definitely thought that had like died once it became like super illegal in like the I don't know, maybe like the eighteen hundreds. There's a Simpsons
1: episode where Homer participated in the
2: duel, but like in real life.
0: (laughs) Billy said something actually when Margaret went to visit him the next day that I've never heard before. He said, "Um, "You'll laugh till you spit."
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, what is that?
1: (laughs) That's a colloquialism that I've
0: never heard before.
2: It sounds so. British upper crust.
1: <laughs> so so one, one quick thing going back to Billy for a moment. And, I, you know, I guess maybe we're going to end on this note, but, what, you know, whatever. Uh, That's fine. So like the whole thing about him suddenly being popular because, you know, he's going to be marrying the princess and suddenly, you know, he's attracting all these women and, and, and he claims like, oh, maybe they're like up to the challenge. Like,
2: what, what was all that about? <sighs> he's trying to get his mistress right away. I guess that, Maybe he thinks that, that Margaret it? isn't. Well, cause I think he knows that Margaret isn't attracted to him. I'm not saying he was justified in any way. Like that's stupid, but like, I think that's probably what he was thinking.
1: I just think that like from an optics standpoint, this would be like a really, really poor time for him to be kind of engaging in that kind of debauchery in a very like sort of public way. Like I was very confused why he decided to kinda go, go all Playboy at that point.
2: He didn't seem like an intelligent man. I mean
1: that's <laughs> true. We, we,
0: we saw in this episode, if you choose your mistress correctly, they could be your mistress for the next thirty years. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good
2: point. He was, yeah, now he has no mistress. <laughs> it seems like like Margaret was like dressing him down to the point where she was like, oh. you're not going to even have a wife. Oh, right. Well, yeah, well we, we didn't even talk about it. That was a great Margaret
1: moment. Like, you know, yes. look at this look of disgust. This is how every woman's going to look <laughs> at you for the next 40 years. Like, oh my God. Amazing.
2: <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so good. Margaret, like I said, she had so many wins this episode. Like, thank God. It's so fun to see. <laughs>
0: Okay, so yeah. on that note, yeah, Ivan, let's. Did you have any kinky crown moments in this episode?
1: You know what? Like, there were so many overt ones in this episode that I figure I'm just not even going to submit anything this week. I'm just going to sit back and see what <laughs> you two have come up with. Because, uh, like, especially especially Carlin, you're going to pick up on things that I oh, like I nev- nev- never would have perceived as even being like close like. <laughs> close to relevant for this category i I figure you're just gonna like avoid all the obvious ones and and blow our minds so please proceed oh
2: oh no now i have like so much pressure so i thought that the um inherent um rage-filled homoerotic um colin and billy duel like i he was too mad (laughs) for it to (laughs) just be like i'm sorry that was the weirdest duel I don't think you have duels with um with your acquaintances. It has to be high emotions. So um, Colin and Billy. I don't know what you guys been up to. I thought <laughs> the moment where the lady in waiting. What is her name? We have. To- I don't know that we ever get it. All right. Well then, she doesn't get a name. <laughs> And she was just like looking through the keyhole at Margaret being like super emotional, <laughs> like that's how um, that's how lesbian porn starts. And she could have at any moment like got in and like a hundred percent would have seen Margaret just being so um, so emotionally distraught that she does something about that. Um, wait, wait so that- I,
1: hold on. Sorry, sorry to interject. That oh, that okay. scene where she's looking in through through the doorway yes. was, that, was, was that actually the lady in waiting or was who that was just that? some like random servant?
2: Okay, fine. So ra- random servant, and maybe it's not the lady waiting I didn't know who it was, but they spent a lot of time with her. So yeah, yeah. But, so but random, I, I, random maid. I, I agree. <laughs> I,
1: I agree. I agree with you. The maid looking in on like a sort of you know Margaret in a rampage like that that could have been like the start of something.
2: It could have been and it just wasn't I mean look again I think there is inherent eroticism to Tony and to Margaret just specifically <laughs> pointing at people and like there was no gender roles there it was just like both of them being like yeah um so and so is an 8 and um his wife is a 9 and like <laughs> just, <laughs> I like the rating you,
1: you, you, you know what they say uh a London 7 is a Sandringham 10 <laughs>
2: Exactly. Yeah, I feel like Elizabeth and Philip didn't really have anything particular this episode.
1: Except having their pajamas put on for them. <laughs> that,
2: should- <laughs> that should count. I mean, you know, I will say. I, I can't imagine that.
1: I will say,
0: in the beginning of the episode, they're in bed together when um when Margaret calls. Yeah,
1: And I feel like they're yeah. always in separate beds. So, oh. Mm, yeah, you know. They are. Wait, wait, Sam, I think you might have just picked up on something. At the beginning of the episode, they're in bed together. At the yeah. end, it's separate again. The rift is once again reforming.
2: Oh, I thought oh, that was just like, yeah. it was a special night when they decided to read in bed together. And this was just their norm. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, like, I guess this is, no, 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 it's over. No, I'm not going to put an over one in there. Um, I just think Elizabeth's reactions to ever hearing the word queer is just really funny. <laughs> um, I hope that she has to keep hearing that word over and over again. <laughs> that's all I got.
0: I mean, I think one overt one has to make it into the episode, and that's McMillan escorting his wife to
1: her lover's house. <laughs> oh, Oh, my oh God. man. And, and, and looking up in, toward, <laughs> to the window where where that man is looking. Oh, that was just painful. Oh, oh my God. Who wants to go first with the votes?
2: Oh God! I don't know. You guys go first. I I don't want to vote.
1: <laughs> I, didn- <laughs> All right, I am gonna I am gonna throw my uh vote behind the uh the maid looking into the doorway and seeing Margaret just lose it because I I feel like if she had intruded, it could have gone one of two different ways. Either Margaret would have just you know, in a fit of rage, shoot her away, or or in a in a in a moment of just fuck it invited her in i'm gonna go with the
0: duel i think inherently all duels are kinky and so (laughs) anyone who gets worked up enough to duel you know i think that that's a really um that really says something about you
2: i I gotta vote for the duel i agree (laughs) (laughs) if you're gonna bring back a like 1700s tradition
1: the thing about that scene is like you know again like we knew so little about Billy Wallace because we'd never met him before this episode. <laughs> and we knew even less about this Colin guy, but we're left to draw all these conclusions.
2: Have you never been a part of a um, historical gay fandom? Cause that's what they do. <laughs> they take like two characters who look at each other once and they, uh, they write many fanfic <laughs> about and it's quite quite a skill. Carlin, Carlin, I was a
1: pretty hardcore Downton Abbey fan. And I'm okay, tell you. then
2: um, who's your who's your gay ship of two people who look at each other once? Let's go. In what? Downton Abbey? Or yeah, or in Downton show? Abbey. Oh, I guess oh, we have to do both.
1: Uh, well, in Downton Abbey, Matthew Good's character and anyone who wasn't Mary. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just pick one. I have oh to go look God. up their tag on AO3, so uh, you need to give me another name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Ivan, what did we learn in this episode?
1: Uh, I mean, it, it's not about what we learned. It's about what we felt in this episode, and, and we we felt jubilation.
0: Okay, fair enough. Carly, did we, did we learn anything, or was it really just about the feeling?
2: No, I mean, I did learn that um, Elizabeth and Margaret know what gay people are, because I, I really thought they didn't, so... <laughs>
0: I mean, I learned that uh, Ella Fitzgerald can be rage music, so (laughs) that was not a category that (laughs) I had her in previously. I think that's it, right? We've covered everything in this episode? I think so. All right. Yeah. All right. So, Ivan, if people want to find you on social media, where can they do that?
1: They can send their information to my lady-in-waiting's address. (laughs) Fair enough.
0: Carla, what about you?
2: Um, on Twitter, I am at Carlin Greenwald, and on Instagram, I am Car- at Carlin underscore G-E-E.
0: All right, um, and I'm on Twitter at SirSamChung, but the best place you can reach us is on Twitter at CrownAroundPod. That's where we're going to have all of our information about uh, our latest episodes, where you can vote on who you think should have won this week's Kinky Crown Award, uh, you can listen to all of our earlier episodes at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com uh, slash crowning around. Sorry, wrong website. Uh, and yeah, we will be back um, next week to talk the crown season two, episode five, entitled Marionettes. After Elizabeth makes a tone deaf speech at a jaguar factory, she and the monarchy come under public attack from an outspoken lord. Oh. Ooh, yeah
2: the jaguar factory
0: is it because oh, some people say jaguar is it jaguar or jaguar
2: i think jaguar I think the, is the, like a the british brits thing will say jaguar, yeah, the brits yeah. will
0: say jaguar should i start saying jaguar sure at a now
1: <laughs> at every occasion available yeah
0: just say jaguar cool well um as always thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week when we talk about marionettes
1: and God save the queen. God, God save, save the, the queen.
0: queen.